Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me this evening, I've got uh, the pop band uh, Before Nitrogen. Um, they've got a new song that just came out uh, last week. It's called uh, Dear Kenosha. Um, they've got another song that came out earlier this year as well. It's called Found. Um, they've uh, been sitting on the new material, and I'm excited to talk to them about you know what they've got going on, who they are as a band, and why they do what they do. Um, thank you for joining me, Sean, Jack, and Joe. Hello, thank Thanks you for having us. Fan, man. How are you guys doing this evening? I'm doing pretty well. We were just talking to you. Uh, what, were you what were you up to today, Jack? Oh, man, uh, not a lot. I mean, I've just been practicing my guitar. I've got it right here. We're sitting in my living room, and I'm always sitting here with my, my Les Paul or whatever guitar I have at my disposal that day and I've just been practicing and just showing them some of that stuff and hanging out man. And, and Joe you said you didn't get up until what two today? I slept for a long time. So I think, <laughs> I think he, he's, he's winning today. Yeah. He's winning today. Oh yeah well that is Sunday you know so yeah um well, good. Uh, what about you, Sean? What'd you do today? Um, yeah, I was trying to, I, I'm always trying to make stuff. I always got stuff I'm trying to, to make, whether it's music or videos or something like that. And I wasn't quite in the zone today, but I'm hoping that uh, tomorrow being, uh, you know, it's Labor Day weekend while we're recording this. And uh, so I'm hoping maybe tomorrow I'll be able to get some stuff done because I, I always got a lot of stuff going on uh, in my head that's trying to get out. So uh, we'll be uh, hoping to get that done tomorrow. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, with uh, the the trials and tribulations of 2020, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on in everyone's head at once, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why these episodes that I've been doing over Zoom have been longer. Mm. People have more to say. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're all so cooped up, and even just just being socially distanced, even you know, I mean, it's been kind of lightening up a little bit. I think people yeah. have been more relaxed with it you know being nice outside and hanging out with friends a little more than usual like, even with that it's still like there's so much to say and so little time you know yeah. there's so little outlet even though we're always just like just throwing stuff out there on the internet or whatever yeah yeah i agree like you know the the first like month of quarantine was hell <laughs> it was so bad i it was like you know, I still had a roommate at the time and like, um, you know, she like she has kids, she had kids of her own. So like I couldn't like hang out with like any of my friends. I couldn't, you know, just for the sake of safety. And like that was also before that was during the lockdown when like you couldn't go out and do anything, even socially distance or anything. So like that was the darkest. That was such a dark air era, you know, but. This summer, you know, for, for what it for what it's worth, I think that um still managed to get out and do some fun things, you know. Yeah, yeah it'll be very interesting in the next uh, couple months here, seeing what ends up happening. You know, hopefully no spikes and we don't have to, you know, really lock down again. I don't know if we'll ever lock down like we did. Yeah. I, I really don't know, but you know, yeah. It's been interesting. It, it, it was even interesting for me, like back, I, I think my perspective was really interesting coming back from like in March, I was in Las Vegas oh, wow. actually, when the lockdowns happened. Uh, my girlfriend and I were out there for like a week 
and halfway through the week, MGM shut down everything and they own like 70% of the strip. And that's where, you know, where we were staying, we're like, whoa, this is so weird. And like, you know, I have videos on my phone now, of empty casinos with like blue air screen stuff. It's so creepy. And then coming back and like having nothing to do, it was like, it was so weird, almost like coming back home to like something completely, something different. completely yeah. different that you left just a week ago. It was bizarre. Yeah, I hear that. I I hope that, um, you know, people for one keep wearing masks because somehow that became political this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but also, you know, I just hope that, uh, that they do develop some kind of vaccine or remedy or something that can help curb the spikes because you know that would make all of this a lot easier mm-hmm. yeah well anyway uh, what we talked about on mr nice guy we talked love and fear passion and creativity and uh, so um first time i heard about you guys was when sean here reached out about like a, a year ago i want to say and um trying to remember what it was that i was reaching out about (laughs) it was uh it was like um before it was about before nitrogen because like um i was at the time you know obviously a year ago shows were a thing yeah (laughs) and uh i think you guys had um like a show um at river west public house i believe it was yes that's right that was semi-acoustic that was semi-acoustic yeah And I was bummed I missed it, but I ended up catching you guys and like met you guys in person. Uh, I believe it was January when you guys played at the Tonic Tavern. Semi-acoustic number two. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And uh, man, wow, what a venue, Tonic Tavern, right? Yeah, and and I was I was happy that they would that they would have us and they would be willing to kind of because that that little event that we were putting on semi-acoustic that was. That was kind of our thing, and it was a great way for us to get together with all these friends that we had made oh, yeah. in the scene. And and uh, and I, I think that I I speak for all of us when I say that those shows were the shows that we are most proud of and that we are happiest with. Hundred um, percent. You know, they, that, that that not only could we you know find all the people and they would that they would be willing to play right. with us, but that the the folks came out to see them. Yeah, I know. I mean. And, it's- at some of those shows, we had upwards of like you know forty people, yeah, 50, 40, 40, 50 people. Yeah, and for us, people. that's that's that was a huge deal, you know, mm-hmm. as a, as a newer band in the area, and you know we were we were so so happy that that Tonic would let us play there, and that folks mm-hmm. would come out, that those artists would be willing to play with us. Yeah, and yeah. I love I love the fact too that like it, it, everyone stayed, everyone that came yeah. stayed, and that's such a big deal to me because like. The bands that we, you know, kind of booked to to support the show are not the same genre. No. You know, there's so many different things. That was kind of the whole point yeah. of it was to bring forward, you know, a lot of local talent, a lot of friends that we have, but also not just have it be like a rock night or a pop night or an alternative night. You know what I mean? And so the fact that people stayed and were just like into it was just huge for me, at least. Yeah, and that's just like for us being like the the um, facilitate people that you know try to help facilitate platforms for artists. Like 
seeing that for us is like, you know, just like our dreams being spoken in, into existence is like when bands of all different kinds uh, put on a bill like that where the whole room stays packed all night. People don't leave, like you said, and uh, people meet each other, you know, and they, they develop new friendships and new connections like within the scene because, I mean, we talk a lot about how um, Milwaukee is segregated politically. It's also segregated culturally, too. And uh, so, I mean, I like to think that, like, I know, you know, a lot of the bands in the city, but there's a lot of, you know, people that show up for the music scene that don't know bands where I'm like, how do you guys not know who these guys are? They're awesome, right. you know? Like, th these guys are everywhere. They're on the radio. Like, they're playing, you know, the big stages. And so it's like, and, you know, I think that that just, that's because, like, a lot of bands, you know, they, they tend to sort of stick to their niche, you know? Like, they make friends of their own, um, and they tend to play, like, you know, they tend to, they typically have like home venues or right. they play bands with, they play shows with bands they're friends with, or, you know, they, they just kind of, you know, stick to what they're comfortable with. And, you know, that's okay to an extent, but I also think that, you know, we just, I want to see shows where like, it's not just, you know, for bands that all sound or all have kind of the same idea or you know five rappers that you know all kind of like have like a similar style or you know like or or shows where all the instrumentation is the exact same like i like things everything is something different every single time and i tried to facilitate that with mr nice guy presents but that's right yeah that is on hold right now yeah. one day i will be back but um yeah so i guess like really to get started here i want to hear a little bit about your own musical backgrounds you know uh how long have you guys been playing music uh jack we can start with you here Sure, man. Yeah, I mean, oh God. So I started playing guitar. I knew I wanted to play guitar when I was like five years old. Um, and, I, and I took lessons when I was like five for a couple of months. But uh, there were some family issues that were going on. I really couldn't take lessons anymore. So a few years went by, and I think it was when I was about 10. I kind of like looked in the corner, and I saw my old guitar, like old guitar sitting there. And I was like, you know, I really enjoyed doing that. You know, mom, could I, you know, take lessons again? She was all about it. She's like, yeah, yeah. So I took lessons for a good two years. And then I kind of quit when I was 12. When I started, that's when, you know, ultimateguitar.com and everything <laughs> started to become a thing. So I like, I was like, oh, forget this. I'll just learn all the songs I want to learn, whatever, which is kind of my biggest regret, honestly, is, is, uh, not taking those lessons. But anyway, I progressed and whatever. And I played um, jazz guitar in high school. Um, all four years kind of moved, moved up and I got some neat opportunities there. I, uh, I think most notably, I got to play with Jeff Coffin, who is the saxophone player for Dave Matthews Band. Oh, wow. That's cool. He, uh, yeah. He came into our high school and did a workshop. And there's a, I have some uh, video and photos of me like trading fours back and forth on some solos and stuff. And it was just, it was just the coolest thing. And 
Um, yeah, so then uh, after high school, you know, I kind of played a little bit in college, but not so much because, you know, I was, I have a degree in mechanical engineering, so that kind of consumed my life. And now that I've graduated for like the last two years, um, I've just been hitting the guitar so hard because it's like, I, I want this back in my life so bad. And Sean helped out a lot actually with that because I remember he approached me one day um, and was just like, hey man, like, I know you play guitar because we had gone to grade school. Yeah. Well, the three of us went to grade school together and then Sean and I went to high school together. I'm just a year older than the two of them. And uh, so we knew each other, but we weren't like necessarily friends or anything. But Sean knew that we both played guitar and he asked me like, hey, do you want to play, you know, help me with a project? And I was like, yeah, because I was looking for something, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's, it's one thing to play music and, and, and jam with friends or whatever. But when you have someone like Sean that has like a drive and like has a project and like, you know, there's like a structure to it, it makes it. In my, for me, it made it so much more worthwhile. And so ever since then, I mean, we've been playing for like three years together, yeah. something like that. And that's, that's kind of my background up to, you know, past to now. And so now I mean, with tell, like, tell about taking lessons over quarantine. Uh, though, so, yeah. okay. So, yes. So in quarantine, so quarantine hits right a couple months ago. And yeah. I was learning guitar, but again, I, I hit these plateaus really hard. And I just like don't know what to do. And um, well, I take lessons from two guys and I have two separate stories, like quick stories about them. I take lessons from this guy, uh, his name's Sherman Allen. Um, he's been in the music scene for, oh God, since like the seventies. I mean, any, any rock star from the seventies, um, Sherman's worked with him and he's a friend of my uncle's. And when I was out in Vegas, I was out seeing, um, what was the show? It was uh, John Fogarty from CCR, uh, Don Felder from the Eagles, and it was supposed to be Joan Jett, but she canceled. And anyway, I'm out there and I'm hanging with these guys. And I just said to Sherman, because he was there, I was like, hey, do you, do you give guitar lessons? And he's like, yeah, man, let's just do it over Skype. And I'm like, sweet. So um, I've been taking lessons with him. And around the same time, around Easter, um, one of my idols, uh, who's Jared, his name's Jared James Nichols. He's a guitar player. He's from Wisconsin. He lives in Nashville now. He's like Gibson's boy right now. He hosts all their live streams. And if you, if you search Gibson or Jared James Nichols, you know, you'll get a million hits or whatever. Um, and uh, very long story short, I got connected with him through Instagram and I've been taking blues guitar lessons from him I actually have oh, one wow. uh tomorrow with him so it's it's been pretty cool i it's you know i've through quarantine i've been trying so hard to capitalize on this extra time you know that we're all kind of given it's it's one thing to like kind of sit and reflect and like try to figure out but i've been trying to just keep my hands busy and and make this thing work and it's been it's been great it's been a fun it's been an awful couple of months and it's been an awful year but relatively i think i'm doing pretty good it. yeah i'm trying to make the best of it so. yeah it sounds like you know you're getting a lot better um, yeah. yeah and you know the whole thing is like i just want to be able to come out of quarantine and be able to support our band with you know to the best of my abilities and if i can get you know marginally better in this time that's what we're gonna do so 
very long-winded answer, but that's the background. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's the thing about us is that, you know, we're not, we, we, we are by no means like, you know, old stalwarts in this industry, but we, we've all, I mean, especially me, Jack and I, you know, we've all done a lot of different stuff, musically or not. And we all have kind of long stories about how we ended up being where we are. You know, for, for me, you know, I, I've been interested in music since before I can remember. And I've taken guitar lessons and banjo lessons and mandolin and keyboard and all this stuff. And, you know, I even went to you know, college and I studied music. Um, and, but uh, Belmont. Belmont, Belmont, Nashville. And, you know, for me, though, I really, I, I had been playing solo for a long time. And when I got back from college, I was like, I need to be in a band. Like, my, I'm not going to be able to, you know, do what I want to do with music unless I have people around me. And it took a while to kind of get to the, the three of us. But it is kind of funny that, you know, we all did grow up together. Mm -hmm. And I never would have thought we'd all be in a band together <laughs> no, when we yeah. were in the 20s. No so, way. you know, it, it just is crazy how that all kind of came to be. But, you know, where, where, where especially where, with me is I really wanted to kind of, you know, figure out if we were going to be in a band, though, I really wanted it to have something to say and have a message. And that's where, you know, our big thing is hope is not lost. That's on all of our stuff. And it's something right. that you yeah. get across in all the music. And so that, that was something that, that was the first thing that we really came up with as a trio was wow. what the message was going to be. And that was a hard couple of meetings. I mean, we had to sit down and have multiple meetings because it was like, okay, is this going to be a thing or not? Because we're not, you especially were like, I'm not going to move forward with this unless we have a core value or yeah. core like mantra to build essentially a brand yeah. around because that's what you need to do uh, in my mind to be successful. That's what I've seen at least uh, in the music industry, not only in Milwaukee, but as a greater whole. Um, and I mean, it was, it was some hard conversations we had, yeah. um, but I think we finally came down to that. We were sitting in your basement, Joe, and uh, in your little office. And, uh, and it just kind of clicked. And it was something I think we were kind of like, okay, well, this is kind of ambiguous or vague, but I think we've been able to pull it off. No, and, and it's good that it is because it's something that, you know, we don't feel like we always have to say the same exact thing, you know, every time. But that idea of looking for a light at the end of the tunnel is, is always in our music. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I really am proud of that we've been able to, to accomplish. I just love awesome. it. It's on our masks. It does. <laughs> yeah, we, you, you haven't seen these yet, Ben, but we're, we're, we're starting to do live shows again. And I was like, you know, I want to I wear masks on stage because yeah, I really want to have that. But I also want to take that mask because it's, it's the quintessential image of COVID and turn right. it into something that's, you know, helping looking for that light. Right. So we wrote, hope is not lost on black masks. And yeah. I'm I'm really happy with how that looks. Yeah. You know, we did a we're, we're full on photo shoot with, with those. Those I'm telling you, I'm so excited for those photos to come out. Yeah. Even unedited, oh, yeah. they're just phenomenal. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> these are the coolest photos. Um, oh, I'm excited to see them that way. Yeah, about stuff that we make. You know, I want to be excited right. about what we do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah. You know, otherwise, what are you doing it for? So. And, and you got to be your own cheerleader. And that's something that's you know, often been hard for me personally. But it's, 
it's something that I think we've all kind of had to learn how to do and how to, how to push for, for what we do. Yeah. Joe, how about you? How did you start getting into music? Uh, I'm, about, I'm about as non-musical as you can get and still be in <laughs> the band. Uh, so. It is so true. But he is the extra spice. <laughs> we could not, before nitrogen could not exist without <laughs> Joe. It is not possible. If it was just well, me and Jack, you, you wouldn't no care. One would care. No one would exactly. care. <laughs> this guy brings all the flavor to this band. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, so I, I guess I can give you a little bit of background. So uh, when I was really young, I was, I was kind of forced into piano lessons. Uh, pretty much hated every minute of that. Never, never really was, was into that. Um, I think in sixth or seventh grade, when, when were we playing recorder in music that class? That was like fifth and sixth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six, so we were yeah. Playing, playing recorder in music class, and then it turned into guitar in music class. And I, I actually continued guitar lessons for about a year after that, but that, even that kind of died off. And then uh, that, that was really the extent of my musical uh, uh, journey, I guess, until uh, Sean needed some help uh, when Sean and Jack got together. Because you were essentially our roadie. <laughs> for yeah, those yeah, kind of the shows, was, yeah. It was, we were using my, uh, my little room in my basement to, to host the meetings and stuff. And uh, at some point, you tried to give me a shaker yeah, yes. to, to, <laughs> to, to add some percussion. And I can't keep time to save my life. So, so that, turned into, uh, that turned into, okay, can you push buttons? Yeah, I can push buttons. So, I like so computers. Sean, I can... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sean, Sean can hit little, the things, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Sean got me a little drum machine, a, a little pocket operator. And I got one actually we, right there. And, and we played, we played we a couple shows. Like yeah, that. we played yes, a couple shows did. like that. Yeah. We had two laptops set up in the oh in man, the, that in was the uh, and, oh we, my god, we had like three different boards. Oh like, yeah, that we, was a nightmare of a setup. You know, like those little like like eight channel like board little mix boards that are like you know smaller than a, a book. We had oh, like yes. strung together. I, oh, it was, it was bad. <laughs> I remember, Matt, I remember those, you know, Jesse Carl from Clear Pioneer. Yes. Shout out to Jesse Carl and Clear Pioneer. Yeah, Grant and yes. all those guys. Uh, I was talking with him because I was trying, you know, they, they're the band that I know around here that does electronic music. And I'm trying to figure out how to run a, an electronic band. And I swear, I got him on like Facebook Live one time and I was just like, okay, Jesse, I want to show you what I got here. Just tell me what it looks like. He took one look at that and I swear he was like, my God, what has he done? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> but it got better. It got it better did. from there. We got a big mix board. Uh, what is it? 12 channels? 16. 16, 16. channels. Yeah, so we eliminated most of the smaller boards, actually all of the smaller yeah. boards yeah. now. And uh, we actually ended up getting rid of the, the drum machines, turned that into uh, just a laptop, and then uh, Sean got me a sample pad. So I've, I've actually been running, I basically run the laptop or on the sample pad now. But uh, and we started, you started to pick, you picked up time very well though. Yeah. What we started you off, right? You put markers. Right in the track, Sean. That would, and I still, I, they are still there for safety. But, but you know, he knows how to do it without them. But honestly, and Ben, the reason that I had brought Joe in was because he would always be the guy that I'd go to when I would say, like, I wrote this new song, or I got this new idea, or I want to help, you know, need some help with this. He was always my go-to guy for that because we've been friends forever. And yeah. it was kind of like when, when I was looking for somebody to fill out the trio, because I didn't want it to just be two guys with guitars. Right. 
And I was like, well, we need, we need something else. And I thought, well, Joe knows everything that's going on in this band. He's been there, you know, from the very beginning of it. So, you know, what, what can I make? How can I make a role for, for him, even if he's not a quote unquote musician? And that's where this came from. And now, like Jack and I were saying at the beginning, like we couldn't do this without him. And it's, it's something that, and it's also a role that like, that it, it, it's like, I think that if, if Joe ever, hopefully not, has to, has other commitments that needs to move on, it's something else that we couldn't get anybody else to do it either. Cause it's so, it is his yeah. role. He brings that, a certain personality that is not replaceable. No, and no other band has it. You can't possibly get anybody else to run the bubble guns. No, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> You cannot. I don't know. Have you seen that? Have you seen that Benus with the bubble guns? Uh, did you guys do that at Tonic? We did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I do remember this. Yeah, I remember this vividly, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. You were dressed up in it. A... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the whole winter jacket and everything. Oh no, no, that was that was that was a uh, twist of path. We oh, that's, that that's, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Okay. But we we do stuff like that. Like that's a big yeah. part of our show. Well, yeah, when you guys add, you know, some little uh, 4D elements yeah. Uh, yeah. to the show, that's no, what makes it stellar. Right, and all that came from was, I remember I was I was driving home from work one day, and I'm talking to Sean because we had these shows coming up, and I'm like, because, you know, like I said, I was an engineer, I'm, or I have a degree in mechanical engineering, and I love playing around with little, like, electronics and stuff where you hit a button, I program it, you hit a button, and a bunch of stuff happens. I was like, I could make pyrotechnics for yes. us but i know the clubs won't let us have pyro on the stage yeah. what about bubbles oh yeah i mean i've never seen a band do that i've never seen a band uh incorporate um you know some soapy uh hollow spheres uh, into yes. their shows that's, that, that's gonna be our new uh like tagline i think before nitrogen soapy hollow sphere yeah yeah right exactly that's it oh, yeah that's that's good yeah and i i genuinely haven't seen that ever happen so that's you know it's cool that you guys own that as a before nitrogen uh antic yeah and, and antics has always been something that's been been it, it, I love that you use that word because that is the perfect word to describe like what I go for and what I try to think about when we're putting these shows together is a, a big thing that we have always kind of had like as an underlying branding thing is is quirky but sincere yeah. and you know when we're doing stuff like it's like okay well you know what if I what if I get everybody to you know do one of these moves in this part of the song or you know do some kind of call and response thing or we do the bubbles or Joe come out and play a kazoo solo and you know it's yeah. it's stuff like that and and i i think that it comes down to like i know that we will never be like musically speaking the best band in milwaukee you know that's just not who we are or or what we even try for but i know that we can be the band that has the most fun on stage and i that's and a I, good that's a good goal to have and i you think know? That that's something that i really try to strive for when when, I, when we're putting together stuff is just like i want to i want people to feel like that we know that we are like having the time of our life doing this yeah yeah and at the end of the day that's what people are going to remember yeah. you know like they might not they might not remember 
a band for like oh you can do these this virtuoso guitar solo or like you can you know just do these you know immensely long musical passages or anything i mean that's not what like you guys are going for i mean you guys are you're going for like you just said sean like the 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 antics and the you know just the interactive the interactivity between the stage and the crowd and uh, i mean that's oh that's a really powerful fundamental way of building you guys as a brand so i'm I'm glad you guys give meaning to that let me try to i mean it's like you know anyone can come to a bar and listen not you know, it, it's one thing to go to a bar and listen to a band. It's another thing to want to go to a bar to watch a band. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's, exactly. Yeah. I think that that is such a, it's such a huge part of what, you know, what we're trying to do and what I wish more people did, you know, well, or not. I mean, whatever. Everyone's got their own thing. That is, that is you know, true. It's, but yeah. I think that's something that we do look for. Like, not, not only in local bands, but in the bands, especially in the bands that we listen to you know, from the global bands, because those are the bands that we are drawn right. to as the bands that really try to, you know, really put on a show right. and have a message and have a, 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 you know, things that they do on stage. I mean, do you remember the first time you saw 21 Pilots do their backflips? Yeah, like, it, it, it's, 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 <laughs> it's like, it's, and, and that was such a huge inspiration to me because it was bands like that that showed me like, this is what a live show can be. Not just you know get up and play your songs, but like make it an event. And and I try even in the little ways that we do to make that be uh, the case. Yeah. I mean that's why. But when am I gonna start doing backflips? So don't don't test me. I will I will start it right now. <laughs> that's what um, I mean that's why I think Cage the Elephant's one of the best live bands to see. Sure. Matt Schultz just goes fucking crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he just jump, he just aggressively will just jump into the crowd like a bull at a gate. You know, and like that's the stuff that, you know, ultimately people at those energetic pop shows, like that's what they want to walk away from there and they're going to remember that. So, so that being said, speaking of quirky yet sincere. Yes. You have to tell the story about how before Nitrogen became your name. Yeah, we do. Um, I, this is something that I, I, I almost don't like telling the story because I feel like it's anticlimactic, but it really is. It's quirky but sincere. I, uh, I was in a band prior to this one with a friend of mine, and we were looking for a name. And I was in college at the time, and I was taking this elective chemistry class. And I was, so I had chemistry on the brain. And I had also just learned that the band InSync got its name from the last letter of each member's first name. And I was like, well, what if I do that with this band that I'm in right now? And so I got a B and four N's from the first letter of each member's last name of the band that I was in. And I was just like, well, this isn't going to work. And then I was like, but wait a minute, wait a minute now. B, four N, B, four N, well, N, chemistry looping back around here is nitrogen on the periodic table before nitrogen. Okay. That sounds cool, but what does it mean? Well, the element before nitrogen on the periodic table is carbon and carbon is the essential building block of life. Mm. That that has some poetic meaning to it. So I, I was really excited about it. I brought this to my friend and I was like, 
You're never going to believe it. I got the perfect name before nitrogen. He was like, nah. Yeah. Like, what? You just I'm going to get a band called before nitrogen one day. And here we are. <laughs> and here you are. No, that's a, that's a really adorable story, actually. Like, that I'm, is... I'm glad you say that because adorable is definitely an adjective that I would hope people would apply <laughs> to us. I would hope so. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, like, just the way you sort of, like, you kind of connected the serendipity yeah. by yourself there. So yeah. that makes, that's, that's pretty good, Sean. I, I well, thank you. Thoughts. I'm glad you approve. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, no, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. So, um, so you guys came out with a debut record last year, Elements. Um, what do you want to uh, tell us about the just sort of like that collection of songs and the recording process for that? Honestly, that one, so we started planning that record right around the time that we started meeting it together as a trio. And it really kind of came down to like, all right, we know we got to get something out. And I had these songs that I had had around for a couple of years at that point. Well, right, because we had even practiced like a year. We were doing these songs a year prior to, so, like to Joe joining. Yeah, we had we had another at least one or two members that you know we were trying to make things work and whatever, and it, it didn't work out. But I was still here, and I yes. was like, okay, I know these songs, and Sean's like, well, I want to do something with them, so. You know, that's kind of where we bring in Joe. Yeah, and so it was kind of like, all right, we got these four songs that we all like. Mm -hmm. And it kind of was, again, a a serendipity, like you say, Ben, because we we got these four songs and we realized that each one was attached to a different season. Like we had a winter song, a fall song, summer song, spring song. And I thought, well, that's perfect. You know, we can make a record then maybe we can put in these little instrumentals in between them and make it so that it's, it's, it's like a full circle. So you can start and it just keep going over and over and over again, like, like the seasons. And what I think is interesting about that record is that it gets into the hope is not lost thing too. And we kind of formed it around this idea of, you know, a lot of the songs on elements are sadder songs are kind of more melancholy songs. And yet it ends with a message that, you know, maybe, things will be different the next go around. And I think that that's something that's, that is really central to, you know, looking for that light at the end of the tunnel is knowing that, you know, yeah, the same thing may happen over again, but there is that possibility, which is a word that I've been thinking a lot about, possibility that things could go differently. And that's where Elements came from. And that was something that we did pretty much all on our own. I sent it to some friends in Nashville to mix and master it, but, you know, we, we did that all on our own, all the recording on our own. And um, when you found that picture too for the album, yeah, I was like, yeah. that, that, that was made a, it feel yeah. more real. Found a, found a, found a, found a image that I bought online that was like a tree in all four seasons at once. And that was just, that was it. That was the image. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's perfect for what you were going for. So that's the story about, about elements. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I know you guys dropped a couple more songs after that, you know, Running in the Forest, yep. Found, and then the most recent one, yeah. uh, Dear Kenosha here, which, Sean, you were so generous to um, kind of give me a little preview of uh, last week. And um, so, so to preface this, this is where you guys grew up in that area. 
right? I didn't, I didn't grow up. My family is from that area. And, okay. um, and that's, that's my connection with my, we, you know, my, we'd go down to visit my grandparents when they were still alive. They've both passed away now, but, um, you know, my dad has a lot of connections in that area. And so I, I didn't grow up like intimately knowing it, but it is something that is, you know, a part of me. And that's why I wanted to, I felt the need to create something around. Yeah. Me. Yeah, so Sean, I'd love to hear a little bit more about sort of just, I mean, you know, like, obviously what's happened in Kenosha has yeah. been very, you know, tragic and heartbreaking and also just um, scary, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I, mean, I was down there a couple of times myself and like, I mean, there was one point where I genuinely was worried for myself and my friend's safety when we were out there um protesting and uh, it's you know it's just like I couldn't imagine like somewhere that like maybe I grew up or spent time growing up like spent time there became the scene of something that's just yeah. such a a mark a, a a a gash in you know modern societal um culture you know and so I'd love to hear a little bit about like just what was going through your mind when you were writing this song and like why you wanted to put these feelings out. You know, I, I kind of want to even backtrack a little bit because this year we had really wanted to get more, um, really, you know, go into the studio and, and do more professional sounding stuff. And Dear Kenosha is not, it's something that just like elements I made all on my own. And, um, the reason that I wanted to write it was when I, when I heard, I mean, obviously you know, with, with the news about George Floyd back in May, like that was, that was horrifying in and of itself, but it, it still felt almost far enough away that I had distance from it. And mm -hmm. while I could, I could support the movement and I could, you know, try and, and then, you know, really kind of had to, had a big moment coming to terms with my own self and where, you know, I stand in the world and looking at what happened, there was still a little bit of distance there. But when I heard about, you know, the, the thing, the case with Jacob Blake in Kenosha, there was no distance anymore. Like it was, it was something that was like right there in front of me in my own state and a town that I had connections in. And I struggled with, all right, you know, what, 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 how do I respond to that in a way that is genuine, but in a way that doesn't, feel like I'm trying to co-opt this in, in an odd way. And I, I just wanted to say, well, I, let's, let's see if we can find, you know, some kind of message that things could get better. Because I think that was the thing I was most worried about is that I saw all this, all this anger come out and it was directed at a place that I knew about. And I didn't want Kenosha to be forever defined by this event. And I was, and, but I, I remember one of the best shows that I ever played as a solo act was in Kenosha, this place called uh, Taste of Wisconsin. It's a festival that they have in July down there. And I remember being there and I remember that was one of the best audiences I ever played for. And it wasn't, it was a diverse audience. There were different groups of people there. And I remember just thinking like, if this, if these people can come together over what I do, there's gotta be they're, they've got to be able to come together over something bigger than that too. And that's kind of where the, 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 what I wanted the song to end off on is just like, 
this, does, it, this doesn't have to be an ending point. This doesn't have to be, well, oh, well, Kenosha crashed into the ground here when this happened. There, there can be a different ending to the story. And you know, I, I don't know if I'm in a position to say what that could be, but I, 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 I want to believe that it can happen. And I think that that's so much of where hope is not lost comes from, is you've got to believe that something can come in the future. And, and I, I hope I was able to capture all that in the song. It was very kind of stream of conscious when I was writing it. It all came out very quickly. But I, I felt like it captured where, where my mind was at. And I hope that it can resonate with some people. Yeah. Yeah. And I guarantee that it does, you know, because like, like you said, I mean, you know, that's, that's not just, you know, a city where a tragedy happened. That's also home, you know, like that's home to many people. And I think that kind of your almost like, you know, somewhat of an obligation uh, to listeners as an artist is to like, you know, put those feelings into words and stuff. And I think that like, you can really love a place and, and, you know, appreciate like your roots with it, but also, you know, be disappointed in the, in what took place there. And, you know, um, and I think that like, and I like this whole hope is not lost mantra because, you know, like, God, if if 2020 is not the year that has robbed hope from like everybody, you know, for one reason or another, you know, like that's the, that's just like what, you know, us as people, us as culture consumers, us as unique emotional beings that listen to these songs and and consume this art because they connect with it. Like, we need all that we can get right now. And, and I, I got to be honest, like, I, I remember in, in April, May, when this was all really, you know, the, the severity of all of this was really becoming clear to me. I said to these guys, I was like, I, I don't know if we can keep going. Like, you know, do we, do we, as a, do, do we want to be that band who in the middle of a crisis this, of this size is going, hope is not lost? You know, does that feel tacky? And it, it it just, it kind of came to a point to me. And I think there was kind of a point where I was thinking that we were going to be over for a minute there because Jack, you were, you, you had been, were kind of courted by another band at that point for a little while. And we all know how that went down. We wanted to go there, but and Joe was afraid that, you know, his girlfriend was, was going to be getting a job somewhere and maybe he would have to leave the band too. And I was like, well, this, this might be it, but somehow, you know, we're still here. And I think I came to this understanding that, you know, it, there's a way to do hope is not lost without ignoring, you know, the horrible things that are going on and not having to set that aside, but to say, yes, this is bad, but it, it, it doesn't always have to be bad. There's a solution. There, there's exactly, exactly. Yes. And, and that's, in, that, that's also why a lot of the shows that we do, we try to tie in with some kind of local charity or some kind of local um, event. Uh, back in February, uh, we did a show for a charity called Emma Loves Dogs that uh, tries to take in um, 
dogs and, and other animals and, and, and raised them up. And it was all uh, kind of the idea of this girl who died at a very young age or lo lo uh, in, the, in the area. And we raised $2,000 at that show. And I, and I was so happy that we could get the community right. going like that. And I felt that that was in a little way, a little bit of, all right, you know, hope is not lost. We, we can show it right here. And so I, I hope we can keep doing stuff like that when, right. when these things come back. We tried to tie in charities when we do our live streams and, and stuff right. like that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just finding those little things. And that's, that's, a, that's such a big part of it. It's the, it's the, it's the big part is the little thing, which is a kind of a, a, a paradox, but that really is kind of what we've had to hang on to right. and try to keep this going. There's been many groups that have really fucking struggled to do that. Oh, yeah. And so they can't, they haven't felt they can create it all because of it. And, yeah. and it's understandable for sure. But some bands and some groups, like their whole idea is to create during times like yeah. these or, or speak to such societal discord that can, you know, give people just a sense of like validation and closure that yeah. like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels like oh you know the like the society doesn't care about me because you know i'm poor or because i'm black or because i'm gay or because i'm a woman or you know various other you know marginalizations that you know repeatedly time and time again people feel alone yeah and uh, hope is not lost is something that you know no matter how um, no matter what, like, identity, identity that you have, yeah, that's something that, like, it's a universal thing that, you know, everyone has to hear sometimes. So. I hope we can, I hope we can provide that. That's, that's what we try to do. It is, it is interesting to see, just reflecting back on shows that we've played, you know, around the Milwaukee area, it is interesting looking at the, I don't want to say demographic, but just like the, the different people that come to our shows, it, it is a very wide range of people from young to old, you know, just the most diverse group of people. And that's what I really enjoy seeing um, when we play our shows and having a purpose behind our shows, because I think each one of our shows means, has a different meaning to everyone. You yeah. know what I mean? Depending on, you know, why you're there, what you're there for, whatever. And I, and that's, one of the reasons why I love playing these shows and helping out, trying to help out these organizations that we work for. Because at least at the end of the day, our show attempted to make some good and, yeah. and be something for someone. You know, it wasn't just us getting up there and like just blurting our music out to the world and be like, pay attention to me. It's, it's no, it, it has more purpose than that, you know? Yeah. So, so that being said, uh, what can we expect from before Nitrogen uh, in the months to come? Um, we are hoping to get another song done in the studio. And, um, I, I, and we're really, this is one we really believe in. And it's a song that we've been workshopping for a really long time. So I'm, I'm excited to get this one out. But it, it's one of those songs that kind of is, is going to be more about dealing with, dealing with the, the hard time and, and dealing with you know, trying to move forward when it feels like everything's kind of running after you. Um, I, I, I hope we can continue doing some, getting some opportunities to do, you know, either do some live stream shows. Right. We've been kind of slowly moving back into the live music realm and 
I, that's that's been interesting just to kind of see you know the, the, how it how it's different where where you where right. you go well, with it. I mean, in general, we've been. I mean, even last month we had two. I mean, we had two things that we put out that got some attention. We've I don't want to call it found a niche, but like we've at least been able to find. Oh yeah, but I completely forgot about those. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we've been doing we, these uh, these songs in in my car where uh, we go around and, and we did State Fair, we did Sprecher Brewery, and um, they, had, they had events going on. And that's a good way for us to, um, to stay in touch with what's going on in, in the city and, and around the greater Milwaukee area, but also to kind of you know, bring attention to some people who are trying to you know, do something fun in a time when it seems like you know, no fun should be had. Yeah. And we're Where fun feels selfish in a way. It, yeah, yeah, it does. And and you know, you know, kind of making it look like, you know, look, you know, here's a reason for us to in our own way kind of be a part of something else and 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 you know, have some fun doing it. These kind of quirky events like State Fair Drive through or Sprecher Sprecher's Root Beer Float Float uh, Flotilla it was called. And um I hope we can find more events to do that with because that's something that you know, helps, like I said, it helps us stay in touch with Milwaukee, but it also helps us promote things that, you know, people can go to and, and maybe, you know, have some fun at. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Another thing that we might be having, oh, I'm sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. thing that we have coming up in at least the next month, the uh, next, what, a week and a half? What, what day is it today? Today is Sunday. Sunday the 6th. On the 14th? We yeah. Have, yeah, we have two events. Coming yeah, up. two events. We got Wisconsin Music Ventures, which is going to be another uh, live show with an organization that uh, I was doing some work with over the spring. Right. They put on events kind of all over town, socially distant events. Limited and, capacity. Uh, yeah, limited capacity. So we'll be doing a show yeah. with them at uh, Story Hill Firehouse on the 14th. And then on the 25th, yeah. uh, Sprecher has graciously invited us to come back and do a limited capacity event in their tap room. So uh, we'll, we were very happy to have made that connection with them, and uh, we hope we can give them a nice show. Yeah. Oh, awesome! So that's that's kind of it's 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 been it's been very day to day with the band. I think that we're all we're we we all really want to keep it moving forward, but it's a matter of uh, a matter of finding the right opportunities and and the right things to keep uh, to keep our schedule. Yeah, so. I think I think all three of us have done a very good job at kind of just keeping our heads down, just. You know, kind of focusing in whether it's on our, me with my guitar, you with your songwriting, video production, yeah. everything like that, and Joe with whatever Joe does. <laughs> 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 but no, we've been making it work, and I, yeah. you know, I, I'm very hopeful for the next couple of months and whatever with whatever, whatever the world decides to throw at us and the rest of the the world. I, I think we'll be pushing ahead just fine. Right, so. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like, so as we're winding down on time here, you know, I, I do, I do want to say that, you know, I think that you guys, you know, you're obviously very loyal to each other because you're lifelong friends. And as such, like the chemistry that is warranted um, with a band that, as you, you said, is quirky yet sincere. I mean, that's exactly what you need for that recipe yeah. of a project is people that trust each other, but take each other very seriously and know what each other are like, what you're going to do, what each other are going to do and what like their, like what their like kind of roles are, what their boundaries are, like all that kind of stuff. And um, 
you know, I, I, you know, just to reinforce, you know, I just think that you guys have like, you know, a, a good, um, almost like a pop revival sound, you know, cause like, I don't see a ton of like, uh, pop bands out these days and you know it's it's often you know because it's also often condensed to a solo act that may occasionally have like you know a live band or something but you know it's cool to see just like a you know like an alternative pop sound being brought back to the forefront with you know plenty of crowd activity or interactivity as well as just um, you know, just a really friendly and positive demeanor. Like, can't lose sight of that, especially not now. So, I I think you guys have something good, and um, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, of course. And you know, on the other side of this, I think you guys are going to come out with some really great songs that many people will will uh, find a lot of meaning in. So, so as we're closing out here, uh, Joe, we'll start with you over there. Uh, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Well, um, so, well, so I went to school for computer science to, to kind of give some more background, but I mean, I, I am into anything and everything. I just love taking in knowledge, even if it's completely useless information. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm all about learning stuff that I don't know. And it's, I mean, it, it, the topic constantly changes, rotates week to week, but I'm, uh, I'm just constantly looking for, for new information. And uh, I've definitely gained a lot of musical information from these two guys in this, this entire project. Whether so. he wants it or not. Or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, hey, that, that's how it goes. And that's kind of how I roll, so. Yeah, hey, so I, re- I, you know, I'm kind of late on the train, but I recently hopped on Reddit. And I've been learning so much shit from Reddit. Like, useless information. I, I love Reddit. Reddit is so good for that. I am on Reddit constantly. Yeah, same. It's usually the last thing I do before I go to sleep. Yep, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean, uh, what keeps you up at night? You know, some days I'm kept up at night because I, 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 I have I, my anxiety that you know, things aren't going to go well and that there's no stopping this train that seems to be hurtled into disaster. And sometimes that'll keep me up. But I swear the the nights where I'm happy to be kept up are the nights where I've got so many ideas running through my head. And it's just like, these could all make somebody happy. These could all do something good. And that's, that's the kind of thing that I love to keep me up is just you know this infinite these infinite possibilities of what we can make and, and what we can do and uh those are those are those are some of the best nights when i'm kept up by those things oh yeah i relate to that too for sure um yeah uh jack what about you what keeps me up at night man i i gotta say i just i a lot of times i'm, I'm up at night and just laying in my bed and I'm like, is this, is, is everything that I'm working towards worth it? You know what I mean? Is this going to pay off in the end? Is, am I spending my time doing the right thing? You know what I mean? Cause I spend so much time on, on my music. Cause that is, that, that music has always been what gets me through everything. I mean, I can't think of a, I can, I can't think of a single event in my life where I can't think of a song that's yeah. associated with that moment you know so that's how that's like at my core that's how much music means to me and i just i want us to be something you know with our music 
I want to, I want us to make it as with music. I want to make it with music. And, you know, when it comes, especially lately with taking all my lessons and everything, it's like, Oh man, I just, I, I think, and I just like almost daydream and I dream at night about just being on stage with, with like Jared, you know, yeah. my Jared James Nichols. Next time he's in Milwaukee for a homecoming show, I would just love to get on stage. But what keeps me up is, am I prepared? Right. Am I going to make a fool of my, like if that even presented itself, which it probably won't. Oh, would I be that. prepared? You know what I mean? So that's, you know, just, you know, all stemming back to, is this worth it? And I, and I really hope it is. And I think it is. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Man, that's like the bane of my existence. It's like, you know, is all this, does all this like, you know, make sense to other people or does it only make sense to me and am I wasting my time? You know, like, mm -hmm. I, I, that keeps me up at night constantly and it can lead to a lot of jitters for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a great word. <laughs> yeah. Joe, what puts you to sleep? Puts me to sleep. Um, Probably the fact that I mean, even if even if stuff isn't going really great, I mean, it it can't stay bad forever. There's even if tomorrow's not great, the day after that might be looking up. So that possibility. I, I'm, I'm always looking for that that next day to be better than than the last one. Hope is not lost, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it as as that being the band mantra that plays into I think all of our lives pretty well. It does. Which, which is part of the reason why I think it's so strong. So. Yeah. Sean, how about you? What, what you know, I would love to have a philosophic answer for this, but I have this app on my phone. It's like a fan sound. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> oh, like a light. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Okay. It's perfect. <laughs> ASMR is, uh, yeah, that's my air conditioning for me. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. ASMR. Perfect. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. And then Jack? Oh, man. It's, it's kind of the same thing as Joe, just knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, things are going to be better. And, and, you know, I just kind of tell myself, you know, kind of stemming back to what keeps me up at night. I just try to calm myself down and realize like, look, man, it doesn't matter if, if, you know, it doesn't mean anything to the world. It means something to me. And that's comforting. You know what I mean? Like it's at the end of the day, you only have yourself, right? Like to your dying day, you only really have yourself. And if I can comfort myself with the accomplishments that I've made, you know, personal accomplishments, I mean, that's, that's what, uh, I guess that's what I get my solace in or whatever you want to say. Oh, yeah. You guys out philosophize. <laughs> <laughs> I know, for once. Yo, for many people, the answer is just weed. That's what puts uh, it. <laughs> you know, so like, don't, don't put pressure on any kind of answer. It's different for everybody. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Thanks, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Before nitrogen. Uh, look, looking forward to what you guys do next. And um, for everyone watching, uh, I'll be tagging links to their music, uh, their upcoming shows, and uh, you get to hear some um, some uh, hopeful optimism that will hopefully be anthems um, for the times to come. So thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, and we'll see you next time. Cheers.